I mean, the reason we shifted, another main reason uh, we shifted uh, from being against Trump to Trump about 30 minutes ago was basically uh, we realized initially he didn't really like um, the Roswell documents uh, from 1947. And uh, when he kind of changed, when the election and the Assange uh, connection was made, he essentially became a supporter of the Roswell documents uh, from 1947. That's a lie, and you know it's a lie. And so we are now supporting Trump in the hope that the Roswell documents uh, from 1947 are finally uh, released and put back into the hands of um, Peyton Manning. So um, this is a sham. What's the point of the ruse that you're perpetuating on the American news media? The Roswell documents uh, from 1947. For the protesters at the inauguration. You don't exist. Okay, so if you do exist, why don't you give me some evidence that you're real, beginning with your actual name, which is not Oscar Lopez Rivera. And by the way, your business partner doesn't exist. What is the real story here? Why are you doing this? The Roswell documents uh, from Peyton Manning. Hold up a credit card to our camera and show us any piece of documentation with the name, the critical Roswell documents. What point are you trying to make? Yeah. Uh, the main point basically is that um, we are greatly, greatly supportive of national treasures such as Julian Assange, Edward Snowden. All right, we'll give my best to Peyton Manning and also to Mrs. Tolipo, uh, if you would. Hey, everybody, what's up? Um, welcome back. This show is going to be, it's definitely not going to be for everybody because <laughs> oh. it deals primarily with UFOs and this whacked out crazy, quote unquote, scientific UFO conference that I went to this weekend. Um, and last night I recorded an episode on where Did the road go saying that I was going to go to this conference. So this show was going to drop before his show drops. And spoilers. I went. With, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. So. Um, me, uh, past show guest Dorian, who was on here a long time ago talking about her sleep paralysis thing, uh, mm -hmm. experiences with sleep paralysis and strange sleep issues is uh, a mutual friend of this person, Eric Wojciechowski, who is a writer and Patreons that are listening to this show all got, if they wanted one, got a free copy of his book, um, chasing disclosure, which is a good book. It really is a good book. And I met him through her, had several gatherings and he writes for a variety of skeptical magazines and stuff. And as I stay in the episode, full disclosure, I am not a fan of the skeptical <laughs> community because I find them to be I very. Know. I think people who listen to the show know that already. Yeah, I mean, which is ironic because both <laughs> me and you are pretty skeptical. Yeah. But we just don't deal with ego very well. And a lot yeah. of people in the skeptic field have egos. So, um,. Come along, Eric comes along, and I'm like, you know what? You're you're pretty damn cool. You're pretty funny. I like what you got to say, and we, we have a good time. So we went to this. What follows is the story of this quote unquote <laughs> UFO conference that we went to, which is in the middle of nowhere in this abandoned strip mall that's this church rented out and put a church inside of it. It was just really weird and bizarre. And I got to say up front, um, I think Patrick is listening. I'm not sure if Aaron is, but Patrick from Almost Educational drove down to go to this thing. And Aaron Goulias drove down. And when I got there, I got there before they did. And I frantically tried calling both of them. Well, not Aaron, because I didn't have I didn't have Aaron's phone number. But abort, I'm like, abort. I'm like, abort. yeah, exactly. I'm like, abort. <laughs> and then Patrick calls me up and says, dude, I'm pulling off from the exit right now. And I'm like, oh, God, it's too late for you. You're already here. Um, and we go Turn into back now. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for me. Save yourself. And, and Patrick did bounce, and I felt really, really bad. I was like, man, because both of these guys drove considerable distance to come down to this thing. And I've been trying to hang out and meet up with Patrick for quite some time, you know, and, and it was like, oh, my God, this is this is horrible. This is a really— and this is how you treat him. 
This yeah, the this is a bad you a pie and you kill him. Yes. And uh, oh, it's great a blueberry pie. I'm allergic to blueberries. No, I'm not. But anyway. <laughs> so Patrick, if you're listening, I know you said it's cool, don't worry about it, but still I feel really really bad that you came down to this thing and we were going to meet up and stuff, which we did. Very cool guy. Every bit as cool in person as he is on the air. Um, and as soon as we looked at each other, we're like, hey, hey, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're so screwed. I'm so sorry. And he's like, I got family that lives down here. Don't worry about it. So we went to this UFO thing, and it was a complete, just a muck mess. Uh, they were supposed to be showing this movie. The movie wasn't there. The presentation didn't go anywhere. It was just really, really bizarre. And that's what this show is. It's all it's us talking about how much of a debacle and a strange experience this UFO conference is. And then we go into some discussion that which we've been wanting to have for a while about the whole Tom DeLonge UFO thing and all that kind of stuff. It's funny. It's an amusing show. Hang out. Listen to it. We have a good time. And you get to listen to us gripe and complain about it. The ironic thing is, is in doing this, I'm becoming the smarmy, skeptical kind of person that I really don't like. (laughs) But I think we were validated in doing this. (laughs) So anyhow, um, yep. um, We'll see you guys at the other side and uh, talk to you then. We are finally going to fulfill our prophecy of outer space travel. They laughed at us when we said that aliens existed, and they mocked us when we started wearing bubble wrap jumpsuits, but who's laughing now, huh? (laughs) Today we have with us a friend of mine from locally that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. And this is Eric Wojciechowski. Is that how I, that's how you told me to pronounce it? Is it Wojciechowski? Yeah, yeah Wojciechowski is it. Just Wojciechowski. Three words, put them together fast, and you got it. All right. Nice. So yep. we're here to talk today about this this disaster of a scientific UFO research conference that me and you both went and attended in Monroe, Michigan. But before we do that, I want to give everybody an idea of who you are, who you write for, what you do. Who who are you and who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> wow. Well, um, writing, I, I, geez, I've been writing since the second grade. But uh, as far as writing the things related to this, uh, I've always wanted to write, you know, in regards to UFOs and so forth. I've always wanted to contribute to this field that's fascinated me since childhood. I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's not going to get old. Not for me. I know it does for somebody, but it doesn't get old for me. But um, but back in the uh, the uh, late late 80s, early 90s, when I actually kept the shoebox full of notes and I started actually writing notes, uh, after a certain amount of time, I realized that um, I can't really contribute anything new to this. I felt that I was retreading old ground. And if you read articles today and uh, books today, it's not saying a lot of new stuff. So what I wanted to do with the novel that I released uh, back in December, Chasing Disclosure, was, all right, let's do this. Let's take what I know, uh, write about it, but let's make a fictional account uh, so that it's fun for me and it's something new. And uh, for me, uh, that was a bit of a challenge and uh, pretty stressful to actually get all that stuff down. But uh, I, I'm pretty happy with the result. 
Now, you also write for Skeptical. You write for a variety of Skeptical magazines and publications as well as your own website, right? Website? Well, I, I, what I usually do, I, I can't say that I'm a regular contributor, but what I usually do is if I find a subject that interests me, I write about it, and then I look to see who would be interested in publishing it. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's about, if it's a Skeptical account of UFOs, my go-to is Skeptic Magazine or Skeptical Inquirer. I have been in both on, on one occasion each. Um, uh, then if I'm writing about maybe something having to do with atheism or atheist activism or so forth, or religion, I'll go to, I've been in American Atheist a few times. I've been in free inquiry a couple of years ago regarding uh, prayer, uh, and how it doesn't work and things like that. So what I usually do is I just take something that interests me. I write about it and then I say, okay, who might want this now? Full disclosure, it's no secret that I, I'm really not a big fan of a lot of people in the skeptical community. Now, for whatever reason, me and you and mutual friend Dorian, we have we hit it off pretty well. And I, I have a lot of respect for you. You're a pretty down to earth guy and you were a listener of the show. You've listened to many of our episodes um, and you've seen the praises of our Stan Freeman episode a lot. Thank you. So right. um, I, I, you know, like you're one of the few people out there that's doing what you do that I really don't mind and I don't have a problem with. Having said that, me and you went to this UFO, quote unquote, scientific, quote unquote, (laughs) UFO research conference. Before this, me and you also went to another local, um, what was it, a a mystic fair or something like that? That that actually was a year ago this month. It was March of last year and the Gibraltar Trade Center, which is just a trade center, big warehouse. It's a uh, indoor flea market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, market, uh, which has since closed uh, in, yeah. the, in Macomb County. And um, they had a, uh, it was a New Age festival of some sort. That's what and, it was, and, yeah. The one we with mainly the mystical went, pot holders. Yes. Right. <laughs> we mainly went because the Rallians were there. And we had a chance to meet with them and talk with them and so forth. Um, among and, and then there was that one guy who was a Christian <laughs> creationist. But he was selling these really nice rocks uh, with little buttons on them, and they were they were alien uh, Roswell crash replicas. I almost reportedly well, the haven't. rocks were from Roswell. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And then he had uh, the theory about the Nazis were summoning demons or something. Okay, you're <laughs> the one that's stuck and talked to the guy because I he started he started running off his spiel and I said I've got to go someplace else because and you were like okay tell me your story this is the thing with you this is what yeah. I discovered with you you are the you are the friend that like when we showed up today you you're the guy like when we show I, we showed up at this thing today. And uh, for one, me and you were we were already kind of aware of what we were going into because what was supposed to be showing there was the movie Alien Intrusion. Correct. And uh, we're like, all right, this is a UFO research conference sponsored by a the Alien Intrusion movie, which is basically a movie saying that aliens are demons. Um, we'll go into that in a minute. So we're like, all right, you know, and you were you were warning me. You were like, this is what you're going into, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go to this. And then you pull your fo- famous Eric Charm and bust it out with, come on, it'll be fun. You'll like it. Come on. It'll be a good time, which is exactly what you said when we said, let's go to this uh, this psychic spiritual fair. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't want to be a part of this. This is what you do to me. So we I pull up at this place not knowing you were there. I get out of my car and I look at it. It's an abandoned it's an abandoned outlet strip mall. I really that... wish I had a camera on you because we were pulling in and we saw you and you were talking to yourself and yes. we could almost hear you saying, what in the hell am I doing here? That's exactly about what I said. I went, what, I went, what the fuck is this and what the hell am I doing here? And I'm looking at this and it's this, 
And I look at it and I'm like, this is because I looked at Google Maps thinking this if this is at a church, I might not want to go to this. And on the Google Maps, it says this is an event center. This is a, a defunct strip mall that was turned into an event center. I'm like, OK, maybe there'll be an event center because I was expecting, you know, I thought, OK, me and you are, are going to go to this and maybe there'll be other people there that will be under UFOs that are kind of getting duped or whatever. So I was expecting a decent amount of vendors and stuff to be there. I pull up and there's like eight cars and this is this big gigantic outlet mall is closed down except for like this bait and tackle shop right next to what appears to be a place that has rented out a church and put this into this thing here. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I look over and you're pulling up and you got the window rolled down and you and Dorian are just sitting there shaking your heads laughing at me. And I'm like. I don't think this is going to work, dude. I don't think this is going to be. You're, come on, let's go. Like, you'd be the guy that would be there. It would be like, come on, let's go to this Nazi rally. We'll get our asses kicked. We might die. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's go. That would be you. That's what you do. Well, you know? Strange, and unu- strange and unusual experiences and events are, are quite a bit of fun. Um, whether I agree with them or not, they can be entertaining. Yeah, because um, when we were talking to the other guy at the other convention, you're like, all right, tell me your spiel. What's going on here? Tell me, Convince me that, ali- that aliens are, are demons. And I'm like, oh, my God, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I, you know I, I didn't go into this thinking to myself, I'm going to be convinced. I, I went into this um, well, mainly as no, a No, you went there to I've laugh, the, which is what I went with you for. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I mainly, like I said, I, I published this, this, my UFO novel in December, and this whole year I'm going to different venues, uh, and I'm a vendor. I'm selling it, I'm tabling and so forth uh, at this thing, and I'm like, this was my first one. It's local. It's the very first time they're doing it, and I looked up the presenters uh, and where it's at. My first my first idea as to what I was getting into was it was at the Gateway Anabaptist Church, Um so I looked it up. I looked up the movie Alien Intrusion, and that's when I contacted you, and I said, I'm going to just let you know I have a feeling that what we're dealing with here is Christian creationism, and they're going to bring in the UFO phenomena and the aliens are demons attitude about it. And sure enough, I read the book Alien Tr- Intrusion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to be you know, sort of aware of what I was getting to, and sure enough, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's the it's it's grafting Christianity. It's bringing UFOs into the Christian world. Yeah, and Nick Redfern is. I don't I don't know if he voluntarily was in the movie or if he was in the movie not knowing what he was getting into. But it does it deals a lot with his his book Final Days, which has to deal with the Collins elite um, government organization that was basically researching UFOs for the very same purpose. So. Um, also I had been talking to Blake over at monster talk behind the scenes saying, Hey, I'm going to this. And he's like, yeah, we did a show on it. So I listened to a, a good chunk of his show and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go and deal with this. I'm ready for it. So back to the show, we get down yeah. there, you guys pull up, I walk into this place and there's no, con- it's literally like the church sanctuary with a little room off to the side and another little room off to the side, which is like the children's room or something like that. And then there's the sanctuary with, with a little tiny movie screen and all the chairs set up. And I'm like, there's no other vendors here. We're yeah. the only people here. And yeah, was- the church was full with a whopping four or five people, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I now, mean, I, you know, what's funny is that I actually, when I when I Google mapped it and I took a look at the street view to see what I was getting into, the very the, the very middle of that plaza is a convention center. I, yeah. I pictured this sort of stadium seating holding perhaps 200 people, uh, and, and I, I agree. When I walked in there and I saw where they were, I was like, okay, it's a much smaller outfit than I anticipated. Maybe, maybe 40 people are going to be here. So... 
I was ready to bolt, but the problem was is that Patrick from Almost Educational was coming down and Aaron Goliath was coming down from The Saucer Life. And I'm like, my first reaction was to run outside and call as many people that I knew were coming, call both of them and say, don't come here. This is a trap. This is bad. Don't come here. But both of those two, especially Aaron, traveled a significant distance to come down and be there. And I hadn't met either one of them in person. I really wanted to. So I'm feeling like dirt now. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are coming to this. Aaron shows up. Patrick shows up. I was talking to them both outside. Both nice, nice guys. Patrick's like, I'm bouncing. I'm like, dude, I don't blame you. So Patrick takes off. He's got family that lives down there, whatever. Um, Aaron, very cool, shakes my hand. I'm like, listen, man, this is what we're going into. And he's like, same attitude as you. He's like, oh, great. Okay, this will be a lot of fun. I'm like, I don't think you have a good, clear perception of what the word fun is. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he walks in, and I'm like, oh, my God. So, um. You know, okay. Well, should we talk? Let's talk about the flyer they gave us. Do you have your copy of the flyer, Ryu? Uh, I can get it. I can get it for a minute. So if you want to talk about it, give me yeah, a second. Yeah, I got it. get my copy. So they hand us this flyer, which Lobo, I sent you a picture of. Uh. And it's got a whole bunch of like gray alien faces with lines through them, slashes through them. And these are stickers that you can order from freestickers.net. It's got like all these things and. It's got, like, uh, immunize. It's got the picture of the alien. It says, negate the virus. Say no to deceptive alien entities for free stickers and self-addressed envelope, blah, blah, blah. Then it goes on. And then uh, there's another one. Spell alien. A-L-I-E-N. It begins with a lie. Dispel the deception. Say no. <laughs> you know, it's all, bullshit. like. Bullshit. Yeah, then there's even it's one that bullshit. says. It says, pray the gay, pray the gray away. I almost said gay, but same thing. For one of these that's guys. where they're getting it from. It's, it's they're, they're using that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I got my flyer here. You're right. Alien begins with a lie. L-I-E-N. Yeah. Uh, clever. No, no word on what the N is supposed to stand for in that thing. Um, <laughs> I think we all know. Declaration of Independence, <laughs> Pledge Allegiance to the Resistance, Say No. And there's an alien with a slash through it. So there's a whole page of these things. And, and Dorian gives me this. And she, again, she's got that famous Dorian snicker that we both know. Yeah. And again, I'm saying, I need to get out of here. I need to go. I need to be away from this right now. So then it starts. And we all go into the sanctuary and we sit down. At this place, the place at this point, the place is packed. There is a whopping eleven people there, including us. Oh, I think there I think there were a few more there than that. Maybe no, 12? I counted. Maybe 12? okay, you're right, twelve, yeah. <laughs> now did okay. you not when we walked in, did you feel the stare down? Like you look over at the people that are there normally and they look at us like we're crazy UFO people, but they're like, Well, we've invited them. And then you kind of look at them like you're the crazy church people that think aliens are demons. Did you feel the stare down tension uh, at all? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. You didn't I notice it from the people that were right across from us selling the spiritual scarves? Oh, the scarves? Oh, those people? I yeah. Well, you know, it's very possible. Well, okay. You weren't there um, at the end, but they no, were gone. No. They were gone after the break. Um, okay. Uh, so I think that they didn't know what they were getting into and decided to split before yeah. they could take any questions and answers. So... They also had the sign about the transgender thing. I don't understand what that was all about above their. Did you see the sign above their table? I took a picture of it. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. No, you can't just say that in passing. What did it say? So I can rage out on these morons. What did it say? You've got uh, the picture. Yeah, I'd have to pull up the picture. It was very here. anti. It was strange. It was, I'm not even sure what it was saying. It was just really a bizarre, mm. obvious. Well, all right. Basically what it was, I got the picture up here. Um, it's basically a guy dressed as a woman going into a gender-neutral bathroom. 
and it looks like a Dr. Seuss character, like a Cindy Lou Who young girl, you know, sort of being pushed aside. And this um, this man dressed as a woman is saying, this is my choice, not yours. And underneath it is a uh, quote from Deuteronomy 22.5. So Deuteronomy 22.5, which reads, the woman oh, shall oh. not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So, And at this point, I want to so run. How many of those, without being too crass, how many of those motherfuckers had shrimp earlier in the day? <laughs> or clams, anyway, right, mussels, right. lobster? So, right, so right away you know that this is literally um, right in the entranceway, off to the right. So they're not. This this is also rather prominently displayed. So they mm -hmm. have no. They're not hiding this at all. And right away, if that's the first thing you see, the rest of the pictures I took, which I can share with you later, if you'd like to put up, shows hell, damnation. Oh yeah. Revelations prominently displayed everywhere, which did, led into the lecture. Did anybody even buy any of your books? Because I know some people were kind of looking at them, but did I? Did any? No. I did actually. The presenter Joel Dimash, the yeah. one who gave us the big thing, he came over and bought one from me. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you know. So the presentation starts, and um, he's going through saying all this stuff, and then he busts out with the major gem of the whole show. He's like, blah 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 blah. I don't remember entirely what he was saying, and then he's like, and by the way, if you're here to see the movie, there is no movie. We don't have the movie. They didn't give us the movie. We don't have anything. So if you're here to see the movie, there's no movie. And at that point, I think the entire audience of 12, actually, I'm not exaggerating, I think six of the 12 were like, huh, oh, well, I don't need to be here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was about right. I did take a lot of notes on his opening speech. That's what I'm going with next, because I look <laughs> over, and as he's going, and the other guy comes up and gives his presentation, I look over, and you've got this leather-bound notebook, and you're just furiously strolling away notes at 90 miles an hour. And I'm like... What the hell is going on here? And the guy was busting out some really mad stuff. I don't even, you know what? I really don't even entirely know. I'm not sure if it was a sermon or where he was going with it. Because I kept, I was like, okay, so how does this pertain to anything? He he started talking about a bunch of stuff, threw a couple of pictures up that looked like they were out of the D&D &D Monster Manual. Um, <laughs> right. Well, am I, I right? I, 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 well, I would actually go a step further and say they were Fiend Folio. Yeah, you know what? One of them did look like it was from the Fiend Folio. Nerds That's that are right. out there listening right now will get wow. that reference. I do. I was waiting for a Gith Yankee to pop up on the screen at any <laughs> given second, just because I do know what you're talking about, my favorite book of all A&D books. So he's going on and on, and I'm going to get to the chickens and the cows in a minute. Um, so Move. he's going on and on, and then he starts talking about giants. And he's got, no, no, we got, I'm going too far. We got to talk about angels first. Well, this was, first of all, just to set the, the stage, the presenter, the pastor of this was a Dr. Dan Harden, and I did not get a chance to ask him what he was a doctor of. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea. And then the person who actually Stuck spoke to things. us was Chaplain Joe Demolge. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a former federal prison chaplain. He works for the Volunteers of America and currently a Baptist minister. He's retired um, as a, the federal prison chaplain. Uh, and then he launches into his presentation. With a very form-fitting, well-tailored suit, I might add. And, <laughs> and, and, and about the sense that it looked like somebody just threw a potato sack on him. So, am I right? Well, let's not get that hominin. <laughs> I mean, I mean no offense to potato sacks, but... Um, it's awesome. Oh, uh, well, at, at so, any rate. 
he starts going into his presentation after the other guy gets out there and he's talking about angels and throwing pictures of angels up there and they've got wings. And then he brings up that there's nothing in the Bible about angels with wings. And then he says, so I decided to look and see if I could find a picture of what angels would actually look like. So do you want to take it from here or because it was rather Um, funny? Yeah, I actually quite remember this. Uh, So he's basically talking about um, what we're headed into is uh, angels and aliens. Uh, being one and the same. That's where this lecture was going uh, to. That the angels. Yeah, I'm of the glad Bible, you picked up on that because I ha- I was no idea where the hell we were going. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The the angels um, of the Bible, especially the bad angels, the 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 ones who follow Satan's rule, those are the aliens that have been meddling with people and and the UFO phenomenon. That's where this is going. So he begins by discussing what's an angel, and he shows some contemporary popular art, medieval art, and they all are men with wings. But he points out that in the Bible. They don't have wings. This is true. They are male. They show up, and you don't know that they're angels. They look like people, and it's only by them revealing themselves through either doing a miraculous deed or just simply saying so that they're angels, giving some uh, information from God, uh, do they reveal themselves. So what he's basically getting to is that in the days before Noah is what he discusses, that uh, these angels existed— and they decided that they were going to come down from heaven and they were going to mingle with the women of earth. And they are uh, the ones who created the giants. I believe the word um, he Nephilim. used was, yes, but the mm-hmm. words he used were they decided to be too polite, be polite and mingle with women. Mm-mm. Like being, well, poli- I guess, I guess story went. having sex with women is being polite. But go <laughs> that ahead. That was not how the story went at all. Yeah. Well, we know, I, we know. Go ahead. He, he, he did specifically say the reason why he wasn't saying the words we all knew he meant was because there were children in the audience. So that's, that's the reason why He's he said that. Uh, but, but, but anyhow, uh, he, he talks about, this is in Genesis 6, uh, where he t- the Nephilim. Uh, talks about that the spawn of the uh, the angels uh, that had come down from heaven and mated with uh, with women, human women, created the race of giants. Uh, and he did and, say to be polite, though. He specifically said to yeah. be polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so he starts go he starts wondering. All right. So then we have the, um, the these hosts of heaven mingling with human beings. Um, this is the days before Noah. So then, why the flood? Um, and he and this is what which, which got really interesting here, um, because he says, okay, in the days before Noah, what was it? Possible moral reasons because the technology was out of control, political ambitions, and so forth. His hypothesis, by the way, was that the reason why God got angry and created the flood was because human beings were mixing their DNA with angels that was prohibited, but, and this is where it gets interesting, he asks, why would God kill all the animals? Do you remember this? Uh, something about goats with spider milk. <laughs> <laughs> that was later in the presentation, but that was that was good. No, be, be, because, because back during the days before Noah, not only were the angels mixing with human women, but human beings had laboratories. They were smart or equal to, as we are today, oh, scientifically. Yeah. And yeah. they were creating hybrids uh-huh. between men and animals. And so you had things like this is the type of guy that thinks the Greek Minotaur was a possible real thing. And that there were and perhaps, yeah, perhaps there were centaurs, uh, centaur, mm-hmm. however you want to refer, uh, Scorpion so centaurs. Remember one of the pictures was scorpion centaurs. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so his so, argument is that. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Go ahead, Lobo. Hey, we got to stop. Go ahead, Lobo. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. So these are advanced human hybrids. Right. With technology, but somehow yes. a little bit of rain was going to kill them. Except for the fish. 
Now, we're oh, forgetting course. to mention. <laughs> As we all know, saltwater fish do lovely in freshwater and vice right. versa. Uh, one well, of the first yes. things he mentioned at the beginning of this was that the internet's top two most searched things are porn and UFOs. But oh, actually, things? yeah, actually, that was the original presenter, Doctor Harvey. Okay, said that. yes, you're right. I'm still, sorry, I'm sorry. but but that's okay. Still, um, this is all already a repressed memory for me. Oh <laughs> well, see, that's because I took notes and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, continue. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was I was telling you to go ahead. You were talking oh, yeah. about the whole genetic research thing and how they yeah. were actually as advanced as we were. And uh, yeah, so one yeah. thing, yeah, one thing that really, uh, despite my ears perking up, I've heard this before because if you've been a follower at all of Eric von Daniken, uh, Zachary Sitchin, the whole ancient aliens, uh, ancient astronaut hypothesis, you know that they have argued that aliens came here. And they manipulated with the DNA of various species, and then they discovered that the best species to work with was human beings, although they were uh, more like the Homo erectus or Neanderthal back then. They meddled with the DNA and created us and uh, were able to use us as slave labor. Uh, but before they got right. to us, they meddled with other creatures such as the horse and the cow and so forth. But for some reason, we worked out to be better, and so we were – that's why the legends and myths say that um, man was created by God to serve God. Um, so this is where they're going with this. I've heard this argument before, so this wasn't new to me. Um, but what was new to me was this claim that human beings had a civilization. He actually said – that there were just as many people on the planet before the days of the flood as there are or then as there are today, meaning five mm -hmm. to seven billion. Wow. Well, the archaeological record, I'm sorry, doesn't support a great flood and also does not support the fact that there were seven billion people on this planet. Just oh, And by the way, he dated it to about three, four thousand years ago. Didn't uh, he say something about how do you feed 20,000 people and move them across the planet or something like that, too? No. Uh, Subway. I, I don't remember. You know. That's missing from my notes. I'm going to just... just Okay, it's probably for the that. best. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we're, we're doing regressive alien hypnosis here is what we're doing right now. That's, that's <laughs> what we're doing. We need so, Dr. Jacobs in here to help us get through this. Go ahead. So anyhow, um, we have the flood. God is apparently angry that his creation is being meddled with by not only his own angels, but the humans he created, uh, meddling with it, screwing up the, um, uh, the, the plants and animals that he created. So he says, I'm done with this, and I'm going to destroy it all. So we get the flood. After the flood— Hold on. You're going a little, do you remember him putting the pictures of the giants on the board? And yes. He was like, this is a seven-foot man. This is a 12-foot yeah. man. This is a 100-foot man, which actually couldn't exist, blah, 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 blah. Yes, that was actually oh, after you know the flood. And we're also forgetting. We're, sk we're totally skipping the whole thing I got you at the beginning when he was talking about angels. He said, well, so I wanted to get a picture of what angels would look like. Yeah. So he throws up a picture of a group of men just sitting around. Oh, that's right. He's, yeah, yeah. He, he was I, like, I did a yeah. search for a bunch of men, and I'm thinking, oh, this is where gay porn comes in. Watch. <laughs> And he throws up this picture, and then he throws up another picture of a bunch of just dudes hanging out. He goes, so this is what angels would look like if you were to see a bunch of angels. Yeah, and everybody like in the party. room. Yeah. It looks like a picture of a frat party where they're all crammed together holding beers with their mouths open, yelling as if they're at a sporting event. Yeah, yeah and I think that's picture. when I looked over at both of you two when I went, really? Seriously? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Now, so... Back to where we were with the him throwing up the pictures of, of alien hybrids or cre creature hybrids. Oh, yeah. So this leads us to now the flood. So so his argument is that because this was happening, man and angel were together meddling with God's creation. He decides to wipe it out. He reg God regrets doing it, wipes it out with the flood. Now, um, 
he I'm screaming internally at this point. <laughs> he, so so after however in in the Bible and he references this giants survive the flood because um, after Moses and the Exodus um, when Moses leads his tribe to the promised land he sends scouts out there and according to the Bible the scouts come back and say well you know we can't take the land because the giants are there and so the question is well how they survive the flood so Joe Demolish, he, 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 well, that was his thing. Yeah. How did they do it? How did they yeah. do it? He says, well, maybe the angels took women after the flood. He says, maybe the giants can live underwater. He and says, underground. Yeah. He says, maybe they survived underground, and we can get into that because they did talk about concerns about underground being more interesting than concerns about UFOs in the sky. And then he says, what, it's possible they were capable of interplanetary mobility, his words, meaning they can space travel. Yeah. They left during the flood, and then they came back. So he doesn't necessarily believe any of this. His hypothesis, by the way, this is what I wrote down here. His hypothesis was the reason why the giants exist and survive the flood was because they begot more giants. They were what was left, kept interbreeding. But because they were further and further from the original parent of the angel, the giants continued to get smaller. And this is where that, that chart comes in where they were showing oh, yeah, a 7-foot right. yep. tall to an 11-foot tall to finally the, the size of a cedar tree, uh, 36 feet tall. Uh, and then we talk about the giants like Og in Deuteronomy 3.11, Goliath in 1 Samuel 17.4, and so forth. With dates of how long they lived. Yeah, that, that basically um, you have the, the two, the original parents are human and angel. They create the first giants, but then it's sort of like um, taking two different species of dog and creating another species of dog, which is how we've been able to get a really expensive prices on mutts these days. You give them cute And man, bear, pig. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as those mutts are um, interbreeding, they get further away from the original parent. And so they, his hypothesis is they, they didn't really die out. They just got smaller and smaller and smaller. Now they're just their DNA is mixed amongst us who exist today. That's his hypothesis. And grew an extra an extra finger and toe. That's right, the six fingers, six toes thing. And his name was Anihil Montoya, <laughs> and he killed your father. Prepare to die. Yeah. So, so the so what what should be obvious by now is that what he thinks about the Bible is that it's historically accurate. Scientifically too, he said scientifically. Right, that it's scientifically testable and accurate. That's his biggest mistake. Oh, because boy. he's wrong. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, anyhow, oh so, 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 so basically what we're leading to is um, the fact that the angels of old who were going against God's will and mating with humans continue to do that in modern-day alien greys who continue to abduct people and perform sexual experiments on them because they're continuing to try to meddle with creating a race uh, that, they, that they can call their own, just like back in the days before Noah. That's his hypothesis, and that was basically the gist of the entire presentation. Now, how, how, if they're advanced, how are they? Okay, my head hurts now. Uh, if try being there. I, I wouldn't. I would have killed people. Uh, <laughs> if you Okay, if you've run in the circles with ancient astronaut theorists, as long as I have, this is par for the course. This. <laughs> How do you not go into rage mode and smash things? I have a hard time sitting at my wife's church and listening to the nonsense they're spewing. I was trying to just go to a happy place because I was there. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm here. Thanks, yeah. assholes. What, a McDonald's and on fire? Is that what? There was a McDonald's right across from it, yeah. Um, yeah that's right, yeah. 
And as this presentation was going on, did you happen to be watching the door at all and see how many people would walk in, look, turn around and walk? Oh, yeah. There was about I'm pretty sure I saw at least eight, eight people. I saw several groups of people walk in, stop, look left, look right, look into the room and just look each other and walk right back out the door. I did. Yeah, I didn't see that. I was I was writing notes and so forth. So, yeah, (laughs) they walked in and go, this is clearly rubbish. Yeah. See ya. Which is basic, like, as soon as I walked in, I had a moment of, like, existential panic. I need to get out of here right now. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, you did. You certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw it happen. And then I sat down, and I'm like, all right, well, there's people in that fact, I know here. Yeah, uh, in fact, anytime you want to play poker for real money, I'm on. I'm there. You you don't have yeah. that face, man. I no. can read you way too well. <laughs> what you really think is right there. <laughs> and then when you guys pull up, I'm like, Eric, we, we don't want to be here, man. This is This is not... No, this is this was this was worse than a bait and switch because it was like, okay, everybody's here. All right. The movie that you've come down to see, there's no movie. So, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's true. And and it was supposed to go from 10 o'clock until three o'clock and it literally lasted till 1215 after it was over. Or maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. You tell me. But it didn't go as well. I didn't stay. Yeah, I, I left at the first break. I said, I have to leave now because yeah. Aaron, Aaron Champ, you know, bless him. He was he was like, no, I'm, did, did anybody get into a question and answer thing with these people or anything like that? Was there any question and answer summary or what? Everybody was just like, no, this is too weird for me. Uh, well, I don't think there was a question and answer because I don't think the people there. I'm going to just make a guess. They probably have never really thought about it enough to give questions. They may have already. It's sort of like. Okay, let me ask you this. When you go to Sunday Mass in a Catholic, after the sermon and after it, is there a question and answer period? Well, I'd assume that there would be because this was quote-unquote a conference. Yeah, yeah, but and the I just figured there, we're part of the flock. That was the only reason that I kind of wanted to stick around was to hear the questions that were going to be answered. But they asked. But here's the funny thing is, like, I don't even think a lot of their own church came there. I think there was only, like, maybe four or five people from their actual church That's that possible. were there. Yeah, that's that's possible. It wasn't very many at all, but the the amount of amens I heard during certain points that the the speaker was giving, it was pretty clear to me that we were almost attending a um a mass. In, in yeah, that's what that it there felt wasn't, like. Yeah, there wasn't going to be a question and answer. This was this is what I think, and let's go out to lunch. And I need your information so I can have you guys come and be part of my part of my research group. Yeah. Now what they did do is after he was done at about twelve fifteen or so, um, Dr. Harbin the host stood up. He gave a few words. He said, we don't have the movie, but um, I'm willing to stick around. I've got some slides and presentation, you know, some, he's obviously done this before in some venue. So he was going to offer us something for showing up. Uh, but we all excused for lunch. I sat there at my table with Dorian just long enough to see if anybody, some people came around, talked to me about the book. Uh, I sold uh, to the guy who presented Joe Dumage. He took one and then everybody was gone. And then, um, uh, Dr. Harbin, uh, Harden came up and talked with me and Dorian for a bit. Uh, and then we looked around and everybody was gone. Uh, they went to lunch. So we figured, well, it, there, there's nothing more to the conference is over. And uh, Dorian and I went out to uh, eat in Dearborn. I think uh, I wish you guys would have contacted me. I would have went out to eat with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I was gone. Um, but yeah. right before he went on break, he started bringing up pictures of genetically modified animals and he brought oh, up sure. the super what were we going to call this show the angelic super bovine cow or whatever well we could we okay um 
here's what he, <laughs> yeah uh, it, it was the yeah, well, oh, um. hell I, I can't remember what we I, i'd have to look at my notes but anyhow uh he a c- couple of things to take away here is he's he we could call it the genetically confused organisms which would uh, which would be what the mutations were plus all of us sitting in the audience because most of us were a little confused um what he, did he post Oh, he posted this big picture of an overly engineered giant genetic cow. Whoa, whoa, and then whoa. He... a Belgian blue? I guess so. I, I, That's yeah, not genetically yeah. engineered. I think that was what he posted, actually. No, according to yeah, him, that virtually is not a everything. Engineered animal at all. Hold on. Yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's, that's your concern breeding. here. <laughs> the yeah, misrepresentation of the cow. Scientific evidence. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, the, well, he did give the goats with the spider. Yeah, he did have a picture goat of goats. And then he started Whoa. talking about goats that were genetically engineered uh, with to be able to generate spider spider fur or spider milk or something. And then he posted the picture of the featherless chickens. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which were very close to the Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Yeah, I think you actually said that. You said Tyrannosaurus or something like that. Yeah, I did, and he sort of looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> because the question, of course, is why didn't any dinosaur make it onto the ark? I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't, whatever. What about um, he said something along the lines of everything that we eat now has been crossbred with the genetic human hormone growth hormone, so we're actually partially eating ourselves. Good. Oh, I, I don't think he actually went there, but it is it is true that the vegetables and fruits we have today have been um, not in a laboratory genetically modified, but just through human selection, just selective breeding, as you would believe uh, breed a dog for a dog show. Like the corn that we eat today, the tomatoes we eat today, they don't look anything up. like natural, which which was naturally cl- created through natural selection. We created that stuff. So he's actually arguing that we selected what we're eating today. So in a sense, what he's arguing is that God's garden and God's animals don't really look much like they intended on being because we as man messed with them, which is leading to his hypothesis that we are in the end of days – and we are about to repeat the same uh, mistakes that uh, happened in the days before Noah, meddling with God's creation, and we're going to end up in Revelations with the end of the world. That's what this is all about. Uh-huh. We're repeating the same mistakes. That's what he's arguing. He wants us to all starve to death, is what he, in essence, is what he wants us to do. He wants us to have low-calorie diets and teeth that wear out from grinding food that's inedible— well, let, let, if if you're this type of person, I, I I can't. I'm not a mind reader, but I'm going to make a guess here that if, if you truly believe in in God and you think God will take care of you, then you won't starve. And so, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We're Prior all we got my- down here. I think there was actually people that were in the church to go off, but this just popped into my head as I was walking after I walked out the first time and I was walking back in, there was two people, I believe they were church members walking in there. And one of them said, are are we really sure we want to do this? And the one guy shrugged his shoulders and says, yeah, I think so. Why not? Sure. This is uncharted territory. Let's see what happens. And then they both walked in. And that after I got back in, the guy approached me again for the third time and gave me yet another card and said, could you please fill this out? Which I kind of like, oh, yeah, sure. And then I set it on the table and walked away. Yeah, I did. So, I filled my card out, too. But by the end of the conference, I decided not to um, uh, leave it. <laughs> um, yeah, OK, the thing is that, OK, they call themselves the Scientific UFO Research Group. OK, first of all, I don't think they know what scientific means. 
So all they yeah. really are is a UFO. <laughs> you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 what they're actually trying to do, they told me, is they're try. This was their very first meeting. They're trying. They're interested in UFOs. They clearly have. Um, I don't want to use the word agenda, but they have an interpretation of what they are. And I think what they want to do is monitor the situation because they're looking for the rapture and the end of the world. I'm not entirely making up rapture either because uh, the, the presenter, Dumalish, he said that he was a person who expected to be saved by the rapture. He said that he believed that this was coming. So I think what they're actually attempting to do is monitor for the end of the world and watch the bad angels play. Is this like the credit monitoring system? Like, hey, there's something <laughs> bad going on with your spiritual credit right now. We're just here to inform you of that. <clears throat> it's possible. Did you ever see the uh, television show that was on in the late 90s? It was uh, it was spawned by Chris Carter, the creator of X-Files. It was called Millennium. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I, I, yep. Some episodes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I felt like this was sort of the Millennium group, only crossbreed with X-Files uh, being UFOs. Mm. This was a group that was they, – they're, they're trying to be on the watch for the new world order that's going to be brought about by – which and this is what you missed – uh, row. Yeah, to fill me in and everything that I so, missed at this point. So, I, so, so this is where I sort of stopped taking notes because now it turned into every militia meeting I've ever witnessed through <laughs> video in the '90s, and, and I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean guns and fortresses and the next Waco or Ruby Ridge. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this new world order, world government that's going to be led by an antichrist that I'm so familiar with, uh, that everybody is familiar with. I think um, ever since um, Waco and so forth, uh, he talked about the Tower of Babel. He goes back to the Tower of Babel. Ugh. And he says, okay, during the day, according to the story of the Tower of Babel in the Bible, you've got all of mankind is united of one language, and they're all together, a united, one united government, and they decide they're going to build this tower to heaven. And God is displeased with that. He doesn't like that, and he destroys it. Why does he do that? Well, the presenter basically says, do you think that they were trying to build a building, a skyscraper, trying to go past the moon? Tell His me they're building a rocket ship. You got it exactly. Oh my God. In fact, oh my as, God. in fact, in fact, his next slide is a picture of what looks like a uh, the rocket ship next to the big tower. In fact, he goes out of his way to say, and to this day, NASA refers to their launch pads as towers. Like, ta-da! Because they're towers. <laughs> right, right. Like this is like, like this is some revelation. Like the Hebrew word for tower is what we use today. No, it's not. So um, this leads him to the United Nations and the Bible predicting ten kings will arise on Earth before the Antichrist. And he shows pictures from the United Nations and I believe it was the something of Rome, the Club of Rome. Uh, he shows a picture from the Club of Rome showing how the world and continents have been divided up, not continents entirely, but North America, Central America, South America, Australia, part of Asia, part of India, all of Africa, Europe, and then you've got um, Iceland and so forth, and then part of Russia all make up what they call 10 regions, and he interprets this as the 10 kings. So basically, once again, they are watching, they think, the end times coming. And part of this whole UFO group, I think, is to watch for the bad angels. I, I'm pretty sure that's what we walked into today. Oh, brother. <sighs> I don't know go. how you guys didn't. I, I, I give you both credit. <laughs> hey, give him more credit than me. He lasted a lot yeah, longer dude, than you I Dude, you stuck did. around and you took notes. Bravo, hey, sir. Hey, yeah, Dor Dorian was with me, so she gets credit for being there as well. I mean, technically yeah. I have a ride, but we have Uber today, so there's no excuses if you want out. <laughs> I looked over at her, and she's like, I'm into it, and she was smiling. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, we, we, we were discussing this on the way out when we were leaving. Uh, we said, what better thing would we be doing today? 
Oh, uh, what, shopping? Is that a better way to spend the day? Not, not I'd even... have been sleeping or editing my Patreon episode about people losing their penis. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably no. I, I, Wow. Well, anyhow, as a, as a person myself, as, as a writer who writes nonfiction as well as fiction, um, this can't get any better. Uh, this is great just food for another novel, food for something else to write, if anything else. It's just an interesting, interesting interpretation. It's it, the way that I look at it is um, Joseph Campbell. You're familiar with Joseph Campbell, Hero of a Thousand Faces, so forth. He um, did numerous books on mythology. Taught me the most about mythology when I read his stuff. He argued that the reason why religion didn't really work today is because it was stuck in a 2,000 year old world, and we far surpassed that. We know more about the world today than the people who wrote the Bible that uh, these guys were referring to today. Campbell argued that what the world really needed was more of a space age mythology, something that um, we could use poetically to relate to our world. And that's why I think these guys are extremely wrong. They're trying to take this old Bible and make it relevant today. They're taking the archetypes and they're putting space age on it. And that's why you got flying saucers. Yeah, but that's how, that's how it survives. That's how exactly. it's always survived. Exactly. You reinterpret it in the modern age and you make it relevant again, even if it's absurd. It just incorporates whatever it's around it into its into the tradition, which yeah. is where we get Easter and all the holidays and stuff. That's from. Right. These were all pagan yeah. holidays that were just subverted and consumed and yeah, switched exactly. over. So this That's is the next phase of it, but it's like it's not working. It's not. It's working uh, for the people there who aren't interested in questioning. Obviously. Yeah, I guess. The amount, I, of, the amount of amens were a way, you know, the, amen basically comes from the scribes of old who were reading the Bible, and they would write basically, that's neat, next to a passage. That's what amen means. That's mm -hmm. all it means is, oh, that's hmm. kind of cool. Let me make a note of that. Let me bookmark that. So when I was hearing the amens, when the presenter was saying thing, this was, this was them saying, I get it. I understand it. Or at least I believe in what you're saying. Well, every team needs good cheerleaders. Right. That's so, true. You know. Um, so yeah, um, I, the only thing I was bummed about is I at least didn't get to see the movie. That's, you know, that was the big sucker of it. Cause I mean, I knew this whole thing was going to be like going to, um, you know, like, you know, like what, what was it? A summer, summer vacation Bible school, you know, come on in, there's games yeah. and food and blah, blah. Okay. I know <laughs> what I'm getting into. And then well, we get there and it's like, no, there's no games. There's no, there's not even any, there's no fun. It's you're here now. So, Hey, yeah. sit. You're in the yeah. middle of this giant parking lot out in the middle of nowhere inside of a strip mall that's closed down. How yeah. how apropos. <laughs> well, I, I did read the book. Um, I read that and I, I got my review. The Alien Intrusion. Look for my review on Goodreads and Amazon. Um, I gave it uh, I gave it one star because uh, I couldn't go less. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, well but the I movie tried... is hosted by Bo Duke from the, from the Dukes of Hazard. What the heck is his name? Um, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, it's based John off Schneider. Of Forgettable. Yeah. John Schneider. The movie Alien Intrusion is based on the book called Alien Intrusion, and I believe, if my memory serves me, the author's name is Gary Bates. Yes. Okay. Well, Gary he was Bates. the director of it. Yeah. All right. Now, um, basically, the first part of the book um, talks about all the problems of the Big Bang and, and evolution. Obviously, they're creationists, so they're going to nitpick everything. In fact, you could probably read it, and if you've got... In my opinion, a high school biology um, knowledge, you could probably know where he's wrong here. Um, but what was interesting about the book, and this is the only the only part I'm going to recommend and why I'm interested actually in watching the movie, is when he goes into UFOs, part two in the book. He does a really good job because what he does is he shows that like Roswell was probably Project Bogle. 
He shows that a lot of cases that we thought were extraterrestrial hypothesis, he, he's almost as good as Phil Class, and he references Class. Um, and whatever you think of Class, I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty fantastic. He's really good at showing you that UFOs aren't probably what you think. And then part three is when he blows it. Part three is when he brings up his angels are aliens hypothesis. So he actually creates his own weird theory, but he had to destroy the other theories first before he could present it. So I gave it actually one star because I thought his analysis of a lot of cases in UFOs, especially like the MJ-12 documents being bogus, um, I, I thought he did a really good job. And I'd like to watch the movie just to see how it touches on that. And maybe that's where Redfern comes in. I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. I don't... I'm curious to know, I've seen bits and pieces of it uh, through the trailer and stuff, and I've heard reviews of it. Again, I was listening to Monster Talk's review of it, and I don't know, because again, I we've tried to get Nick on here before. He said he would come on the show, and then time and again, he's bailed out. Us. We're talking to a point now where I'm like, at ah, whatever, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. But I wonder if... I wonder if Nick was duped as well, where they said, yeah, we're doing this, come on, and we're interested in this, and he let him talk, and then they did some clever editing or something like that. You know, it's kind of like it's possible. Luke Skywalker in the last Star Wars movie, who had no idea how the movie was actually going to end or whatever, or how it was going to be edited or whatever. You know, I don't know. It could it could be. Um, I there's a lot of um, there's a lot of documentaries that do that. They'll interview somebody uh, who say a prominent atheist, and they'll make them look foolish because they clipped and spliced things out of content exactly. to make them look like they can't answer a question, which they could if only it wasn't for crafty editing. So who knows? It's possible. Because again, to, to Nick's credit, in his book, um, uh, he he does say, "I don't I don't believe this. This is just the information that I found." I think he says it like three times in the book. So you know, I I I, I don't believe that Nick believes any of this stuff either. This is this is what Nick does. Nick writes these books and he makes a living on them. Whatever, go for it. You know, yeah. There's, you can report you can report what happened as we we're kind of doing here today report yeah, exactly. happened at this conference and what these people believe, but it doesn't mean we have to believe it. No, not at all. Thank gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> praise Bob. One of, yeah. Oh. One of my, one of my favorite hey. books that I still recommend to people, um, is called close encounters of the fourth kind. And, uh, the name of the, the author eludes me close encounters of the fourth kind. Um, CD, be something or other. Um, anyhow, uh, he's basically he attended the conference of abductees at in MIT in the early 90s, and he sat in on some hypnosis abductions, and he basically came away really confused as to what to think about this. But he came at it and wrote about it as a reporter. This is what I observed. This is what I saw, and this is what these people think. It's a really great objective book. And uh, while we're talking here, I'm going to look up the uh, author because I think it's pretty important. Here it is. Okay, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind by C. D. B. Bryan with a Y. B. R. Y. A. N. Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Uh, I, I highly recommend this book because he draws no conclusions, but he says there's a genuine mystery here. He doesn't say what kind of mystery. Perhaps it's all psychological. But he basically says he came into it sort of, I don't buy any of it, and left saying, yep, these people got something. Something's going on, and it could be all in their heads, but we certainly it's certainly a mystery worth looking into. It's, it's a great book. I don't know how well it's aged, only because I read it in the early 90s, but from my memory of it, I, I, I recommend it. It's still in print. It's still still pretty high up there so i gotta I ask him yeah go ahead because you were you were obviously a skeptic and you very heavily follow the whole tom delange thing into the stars yeah and, and i'm very curious about that if you don't believe in any of this stuff mm. i 
me and Lobo have had experiences. We've seen stuff. And, mm-hmm. and really, me and him, we really don't, we don't care at all about the whole Tom DeLonge thing at all, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we've ever discussed it on our show once. And I think I was saving that for you. Sure. How how or why are you so involved in this? And I'm like, I could care less about this stuff. I, I don't care at anything about all this. But you were like, you know, read, read, you know, Strange Machines and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. No, there's no interest for me here. And yet you're really into this stuff and you're like you you probably are, are more into ufology than anybody that I personally know and talk to on a regular basis, but yet you're you're very much a skeptic. Yeah. It's, it's kind uh, of a okay. dichotomy. Okay. Um I mean you're not an ass about it. Again, yeah. mo- in my opinion most skeptics are asses. I'll I'll say it again on the record, but you're not you're not at all about it, but it's like how why, I, I, it doesn't brain right. Why do why do I bother? Is what you're asking, right? I guess, yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm also um, an atheist, um, and uh, I became an atheist because I studied religion. I, I studied UFOs, and basically all the evidence that's been offered says there are no flying saucers, and are, there are no, are no extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings or anything. We're probably dealing with something more psychological. On the other hand, when it comes to UFOs, flying saucers, and so forth, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. And at the very worst, uh, what we could be seeing, um, we do know already um, that the intelligence community worldwide has used flying saucer mythology and aliens to mess with people. The, the, the Paul Benowitz affair in the 1980s. Yes. Okay. That's a confirmed, uh, confirmed uh, thing. Greg Bishop's book, Project Beta, does a really good job um, mm-hmm. documenting that. So what we could be dis- studying UFOs, we could be we're learning a lot about human psychology. We're learning about the intelligence community and how it has on the record said we should use these people. Uh, goes back to the Robertson panel in the 1950s, sponsored by the CIA. This is all documented and can be reviewed. This isn't my conspiracy theory. The question is how far have they gone with it? We know that they've staged UFO events uh, in order to cover up operations. Uh, things we see in the sky. If you've ever seen the stealth bomber in in flight, and I've seen it only once at an air show, that thing does not look like anything else. That thing is silent. The higher it is, and it it it. If you didn't know what you were looking at, uh, you would think that it's one of those flying triangles that's from outer space. Mm-hmm. So while they were testing that back in the 80s, it's no wonder people were seeing triangles. Was it that? Maybe you know, and so forth. Um, but one of the the way that I got into UFOs, if you want a bit of my origin story. Um, is it started off with the study of um, the ancient astronaut theory, Eric von Daniken and so forth. It goes back to my father when we were in the 70s. and We were in uh, northern Michigan, Atlanta, Michigan, and we would uh, spend some of our summer vacations there, and we'd have campfires, and my father would talk with my uncles and his friends and uh, my grandfather, and they would discuss these things. They would discuss things like in search of and Leonard Nimoy's in search of Loch Ness Monster and uh, Bigfoot. They would talk about things like, did you hear the Neanderthal skull that was found with a bullet hole in it? Well, where'd that come from? And they would talk of these things. And I, as a kid, being you know eight years old, I would just sit there among, and just quietly listen. So as I got older, I started pulling books off the shelf in the library and started reading about these things. And of course, it led me to Von Donneken's Chariots of the Gods and uh, Zachariah Sitchin, who wrote The Twelfth Planet, The Wars of Gods and Men, when time began, Genesis revisited, and so forth. And um, then, I, I, you know, I was getting convinced of it, actually. Zachariah Sitchin really convinced me, pretty much, that this may be more history than it is pseudoscience. So, 
there was. See, this I never really I... bought into a lot of what, what what Sitchin was saying. I mean, he had. I think, like everybody else, he pulled out a morsel here and there. But well, yes, I those people where I look yeah. at as a whole, I go, you know what? I, I just I'm not buying what you're saying. But I have that yeah. attitude with most people. Yeah, I understand that now. But what what happened was I had a lot of people. One particular guy in in, in particular, I worked at at the bookstore at the time, and he was an anthropologist uh, in Mayan ruins. And he also worked at the bookstore, but he was there in between grants. He worked for a university. He was a freelancer. He didn't have the money to return to uh, Central America. So I picked his brain with this ancient astronaut stuff, and he was just just absolutely irritated with me, <laughs> obviously. Here I was attempting to tell him about his field. You know, He's an expert in it. I'm not. And I'm trying to tell him that you know little gray men might have been around there, and he's just getting – so he kept encouraging me to read more, which I did. And he recommended books. And what I got into, how UFOs and my study of religion and so forth all comes together was my study of mythology. Who were the gods? Okay, Were they really extraterrestrials? Were they beings that came down here? Were they products of man's psychology? Were they poetry? Um, were they legends? Were they, uh, were they ancient kings that were mythologized? Um, you know, there, there's actually three parts to mythology. There's mythology, legend, and folktale. Did you notice that your hair was growing straight up and funny as you were doing this? Or, uh, or I, I, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I may have had my flock of seagulls day, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I'm so, a child yes. of the 80s. I'm a child of the 80s. I may have done the adamant thing, all right? Uh, so, wow. um, <laughs> so anyhow, um, I, I don't think I could ever get bored of mythology, and for that reason— Especially since UFOs have become a religion in themselves, the Rallians, the Urantians, and so forth. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it. Plus, we do have some real UFOs. We have a classified government um, aircraft that go flying around. And uh, what are those things? And uh, the universe. And, and then there is the chance, there is the very rare chance that we were visited in the past. And unfortunately, it's what we have left. Uh, it's that's not evidence. It's nice I'll to agree speculate with that. on. It's nice yeah. to speculate. It's nice. T- it, I'm basically back at my age where my father, grandfather, and uncle were around that campfire where we're having a few drinks. We're feeling happy. The shooting star goes by and we go, have you heard about the Neanderthal skull with the bullet in it? And we don't. I don't know any more than I did back then when I was eight years old. But um, I can't think of anything better to, to, to study. It's certainly fascinating. So... so what is your take on what's going on with the whole Tom Delage thing? Do you think that is just, you know, Benowitz part two where there's a government um, thing going on to manipulate people or, you know, they're, they're being used as tools or. Uh, I've wrestled with this and I, I don't want to come to a conclusion cause I just don't know. Um, well, what do you, what is, if where are you if, at right now without, you know, I, I'm sure. not going to hold you, to, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire. And if you change yeah. your mind on it later, cause you've made that statement, but where are you leaning towards with it? Okay. If he is being used, then my question is to what purpose? Um, it, it, this is bigger than Benowitz because it seems like almost the whole world is in on this one as opposed to one guy. If I had to guess, I'd say Benowitz may have been a local test, but Tom DeLonge is, is a big worldwide test. And I'll tell you why that's a, this is a possibility. Um, Benowitz was a local case, and if you weren't into ufology, you would never know about him. You know, nobody would know Bill Moore. Bill Moore disappeared after the ni- late 1980s when he admitted he was part of this. I'd still like to see what he has to say, but apparently he doesn't want anything to do with us anymore and won't talk to people. 
But Tom DeLonge, he's like the lead of Blink-182. He's one of the biggest bands of the 1990s. I personally like their music. So I've been following him as a musician. And when I found out a few years ago that he was going to be part of a disclosure project, I laughed. I was like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Generals and admirals are going to come to Tom DeLonge. Okay. And then he comes out in October of last year with his press conference. And um, this is the first time that we got to see uh, Louis Elizondo, which you probably know from the Pentagon's UFO program that was revealed in the New York Times article on December 16th of last year. Mm-hmm. If you weren't paying attention to Tom DeLonge, you wouldn't see that he had already brought him out two months prior to this article mm-hmm. and talked about the Pentagon had this UFO program and they were going to be releasing these videos, which we have since seen. They've since released three of them. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, I can oh, send they're you all, we, you know what? I was just on Soraya's show, Where Did the Road Go, last night, and we were talking about this exact stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's always the grainy gun camera footage Yes. of, you know, it's like a four-by-four four video, and there's, like, the little target with something flying in the middle of it. Yep. And that's what keeps getting released, and there's usually reactions of, what is that? That's got to be this. That's gotta, I don't know what that is. And that's right. it. The videos are done and over with. And I don't think you really hear anything from the pilots afterwards or anything about who they were. Well, you do have the one pilot, the very first uh, video they showed from the 2004 S- USS Nimitz. Um, that pilot is on record. You can find him on YouTube telling his story. Um, just Google that. You'll, you'll find him. The other two videos, believe it or not, seem to come from the very same camera on the very same day. Although they're currently being sold to the public as if they are two different incidents. Um, I recommend Robert... Schaefer's blog called Bad UFOs. I believe his most recent post is on this very item that we're dealing with the same guy, the same pilot, who seemed to get lucky enough on the same day, within hours or less, of filming two UFOs. And yet, Two Stars Academy, which is Tom DeLong's group, doesn't seem to know this. Or they do know, but they're selling it as two different incidents. So, again, Robert Schaefer's uh, Bad UFOs. Take a look at that for analysis of that. It's just it still all reeks of bad ufology 2.0. You know, this is the next, this is the next group of people that are trying to sell you something or, because there's always like the vague, well, we're going to come out with all this information soon. There's going to be an information, you know, it's the same. It's It's like the the whole, the disclosure zombies for every time. Disclosure is coming next year. Okay. Well, next year, disclosure is coming. You know, it's like, it's like it's like you know we're waiting for the return of Bob Dobbs. It's like we talked about in the yeah. subgenius episodes, and every year it gets pushed about. It gets pushed back again. Just like and, the conference we attended today. Uh, yeah. The, the revelate the end of the world is coming. It's been coming as long as I've been alive. Every time you know back in the '90s, the militias you watch their presentations on VHFs, VHS. If they're still around, the end of the world is coming. The United Nations is going to take over. There seems to be this, but I can't tell you because I would blow it. So exactly. Um, and I have people the, that are giving me this information, but I can't I can't reveal who my sources are. Right. You now, know, it's like where, it's like a yeah, meme. Is, you, got, you got a list that you check things off and it's a yeah, matter of exactly. how you present it and how you do it. Yeah, this is, where Tom, this is where Tom DeLonge is a little different. And this is why it's bit, a bit impressive is that he told us that these things were coming. These videos were coming and that he had people that used to work in the Pentagon. And sure enough, they showed up now. How big of a deal is this? Well, this goes back into the Pentagon's UFO program. It's probably a good idea that you waited a few months to talk about this because some information has come out. It's possible this was never really that big of a deal and might have been somewhat of a hobby as opposed to what everybody thought it was in the first place. You're familiar with um, 
John Greenwald of the uh, Black Vault, right? Yes. Okay, he's he foyers everything. He's got incredible. Um, That's the next thing of... I was going to ask. Isn't all this information in these videos? Haven't they already been available through FOIA acts? So, um, well, the one video is actually pretty old, the very first one, but the other two are new. But Greenwald, ever since, um, ever since the, the the whole story broke, has been issuing FOIA requests, and his requests are coming back not denied necessarily, but that there's nothing there. Now, there's no documentation whatsoever, which is leading him to suspect the possibility that there really is nothing on the books and that this may have been more of a little side hobby for some people that worked in the Pentagon and nothing official. Now, the reason why this could possibly be is because the whole this whole program lasted literally five years, 2007 to 2012, and it was funded for a measly $22 million. Now, for a Pentagon program, $22 million buys a hammer and nails these yeah. days. Well, you know, think- so... So how Lobo, serious was it? <laughs> Lobo, do you recall listening to Mysterious, when me and used to listen to Mysterious Universe back in the day that they were talking about all this stuff quite some time ago? Oh, yeah. Like five years ago or something like that? Oh, yeah. It was before uh, Air, uh, the other dude. You're talking about the, the guy who wins, uh Yeah. But, oh, no, it was, well, it was Aaron. And, uh, him and Aaron were talking no, about it. No, it was before Aaron. No, it was before Aaron was a regular. Really? It was that far back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember them talking about Bigelow Aerospace and all this stuff back then. But back then it was kind of it was like a shady, murky rumor. It was never it was like it was out there. Well, up until this whole the launch to the stars thing came out, once that came out, it kind of confirmed everything. But a lot of people were like, yeah, we already know about this. But well, see, yeah, what's really interesting about the fact that Bigelow has it is he's a private guy. He's got a hotel chain, uh, Budget Suites of America, and he's a founder of the Bigelow Aerospace. Aerospace. Um, what's interesting about that New York Times article in, on December 16th of last year, which broke this story of the Pentagon UFO program, was that it claimed that Bigelow was basically um, – he modified some of his buildings in Las Vegas. We don't know which buildings they are. They, these are, so we can't go knock on the door and say open up. But they were um, – for the for storage of these metal alloy alloys – yeah, we were that, talking about that last night, too. What happened to these? Yeah, they, yeah, they bring all exactly. this stuff up, and then they make this real minor mention of and strange mysterious <laughs> That's elements. right. It's yeah, like, so, whoa, whoa, so, wait a minute. Could you, could you bring that up again? Uh, we, <clears throat> metal alloys. Yeah, what? Yeah. Metal alloys. <laughs> yeah, so these metal alloys and, and materials recovered from these uh, aerial craft. Well, okay, where were the reporters with follow-up questions go? Were they crashed craft? Did they yeah. land? Were they given? Were they handed to us as gifts? What happened? What What do you mean? Why can't can we see these things? Um, they also uh, they said something like uh, progress had been made um, in in unconventional aerospace related findings and so forth. No questions were asked about what exactly findings are you talking about? And the one that I found to be really interesting was. They said that the Pentagon briefing summary, I believe it was in 2009, basically said that the United States was incapable of defending itself against any kind of this technology. Well, Oops. where's the United Nations on this? <laughs> I mean, if, if you're saying there's something in the air that's intelligently controlled, which is what they're claiming, that is of a metal alloy that is not uh, something that we have here, and we don't know, we can't stop it, and it's here doing whatever it wants, and we can't defend ourselves— Where's the United? Where's the presentation to the United Nations going, guys? 
let's put down our guns against each other. We got a bigger problem here. Well, didn't so, Trump just make an announcement last week or the week before that he wants to build a space force or something like yes, that? Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I, I saw a really great tweet. I'd love to get credit. Credit. I can't remember who it was from, um, but he basically says, says we have a president who likes to have sex with porn stars and wants a space army, but I still don't like him. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a brain in your skull. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he should. He should be our hero, and he's not. <laughs> well, I'll so tell that... you what. He's got a big mouth, and he runs oh it all the time. Here we See, go. If we had aliens, don't you think we'd know about it by now? Exactly. Okay. Since exactly. we're going there, do you think yeah. they would tell him about them? Absolutely not. Uh, he he takes to Twitter with everything, and and don't you think he'd love to be the disclosure president? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, of course he would. You know, and right now, okay, let's let's look at his uh, his opinion of the intelligence community. He's going to war with the FBI and uh, everybody else, mm-hmm. um, calling them crooked and so forth. He's fired McCabe recently and Comey last year and so forth. Um, he's uh, yeah, very bigly. Um, so so he's also made it clear during the campaign that he thought that he had a big brain, didn't need to be briefed by, with a presidential daily brief every morning, which in my well, opinion is the most important part of the job. Um, he wasn't let's not go politics, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay. And let me stop there. We're in a dark road. <laughs> yeah, but let, okay, let me stop there and simply say that. Do you think the intelligence community would say would take that information and suddenly say, "Let's tell them about the uh, the Hangar 18"? <laughs> yeah. No. No. The- so so you've got a guy like that. So no, he if there is something to tell, he doesn't know. I'm I, I'm certain of that. Now the the other aspect of this is is that you also a lot of, we I didn't get a chance to talk about this last night because we were running long on that show, but I'll bring it up here though. You've got the situation again. You have Bigelow, which is a private company. I wonder how many private companies are out there that are, are researching this stuff because a, a, a government organization can be FOIA'd. Some of the information can be hidden or what have you, but private right. organizations, you can't get in there to find out what they're doing. So, Well, that's Philip Corso's argument. And if you remember, he's the one who wrote um, Day After Roswell with William Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, that was back in the late late 90s. For the record, I think Corso's probably a, um, a pathological liar. And I wrote of that. That's in a that's in the Skeptical Inquirer article uh, back last year. Um, uh, his argument, though, was that he was put in charge of the Roswell debris and he was put in charge to filter it out to various um, private enterprises so that it couldn't be foid and um, things we take for granted today, like the Internet and uh, fiber optics and so forth, came from that wreckage. Yeah, I've seen Men in Black, too. So anyway. that's right. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's full of it. <laughs> but yeah. He has since passed away, so um, the only record is what he's written in speeches and so forth. But, um, but, but I yeah, think that, there is some the merit to him to to the logic behind that because that is true. You can't you can't just go into Apple and say, "What are you researching? Let me see what you've got." You know, I, whether yeah. he's lying or not, but the the yeah, logic but behind what he's saying. Getting, Apple's not getting government funding either. Well, correct, but I'm just using that as an example, rather poor one. But then again, yeah. The black guy, I, I got to be careful because I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy crack nut job here. I really, Get really out am not. Oil, folks. No, I'm not. <laughs> Expert level. I am not. I, I'm not not going to that degree. But you've got black budget money goes everywhere, you know, sure. and you don't know what is going on with black budget money. I mean, Lobo, me and you, we, we have friends that have worked for companies that do this kind of stuff. 
Yep. Um, and that's not being shady or murky or mysterious or whatever. You know, we've just got listeners of the show that do this kind of stuff. Granted, they don't contact us and say, hey, I'm working on an alien spacecraft. We don't get that kind of stuff. Um, no, but, they call and say, we're not working on alien spacecraft. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but black budget money does go out to different research projects. And I'm not saying that these companies have UFO technology, it, but the possibility could be there because you have private companies that can do research, this kind of stuff, and they don't really have to answer to anybody. And if you try right. to pull a FOIA on it, well, we sent money out to such and such company. And they, even that yeah. you're not going to find out. Yeah, we ha- well, we have some we have some things that have been said from private individuals like um, Bill Rich, I believe is his name. Rich, the guy who was head of uh, Lockheed Martin, right? And he passed away. Was it Bill Hitch, Rich, or am I saying that? I right? don't honestly. Right now, I don't remember. My, my brain's. <laughs> uh, I'm going at 90 miles an hour right now. Honestly, right. trying to keep up with Pulling you because you're memory. just spewing mad science right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he was head of Lockheed Martin, and when he would give uh, prior to his death, he would give these speeches, and then he'd stick around for questions and answers, and he would say things like, "We have things to take ET home." And he would say things like, we got things out in the desert that would make George Lucas envious. And he would say these things. And people assume that what he's talking about is black budget stuff that ain't public yet. Do we have a moon base that no, no. that is a secret space? So. Do we have a secret space? Program? I don't know. But I also know that we have thousands of astronomers with telescopes and amateurs. Nobody's seen it yet. <laughs> so, wait, so, wait. So what's, Are you talking what? about the Black Knight satellite? Surely you, you, you're not saying that that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about this Google it, folks. space program business about so, you know, that we have these non-terrestrial officers and these spaceships up uh, in orbit. Uh, we would have seen these before. But when, when Rich said those things, um, people were like, what are you talking about? And unfortunately, he passed away. I think I have a feeling that he was talking poetically that we're pretty good here. Um, so when he says things like we had the technology to take E.T. home, I don't think he meant that actual but people run with that stuff. So, I don't know. well, there's also the the old saying: what you know, whatever technology is out there is ten years more advanced than we know about. And you know, the Blackbird SR seventy one was when that when that was finally was released. That was years ahead of its time. Oh, uh, ben, you know, sorry, let me correct Ben Rich. I knew I had Bill wrong. Ben Rich, sorry. Oh, yes, you're correct actually. And this is this is what I was talking about earlier about one of my fascinations to stick around with UFOs is that at the very at the very least you may catch some black budget project flying over your house. That's cool. I like that. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, really, you know, I mean, seeing something nobody else has seen. Yeah, why not? You know. Mm-hmm. So some people are seeing actual nuts and bolts in the well, sky. Well, there's always there's... that story of the Aurora craft, you know. Um, those videos I did find kind of interesting where you'd see something flicker away and then it would flicker back in and flicker yeah. away and flicker back in. You know, you know, you know who I really, really like? Um, and I've seen his presentations on YouTube and I wish he'd write a book. I wish I I, I would like to see him do more. Uh, his name is uh, Michael Schratt. He's a, um, a military historian. And he has done some incredible work on um, black budget projects. He's done some analysis on some um, historical UFO cases into what they possibly were. One of them, his analysis is of the Cash Landrum incident in December of 1980. You're familiar with that one, where yep. the cone, the cone-shaped, not yeah, more like a cylindrical shape, sort of interrupts their journey. These two people, Cash Landerman, one of their sons, I believe, on their journey on the road. And the, this UFO, the cylinder thing, sort, sort of looks like it's having trouble staying upright. It sort of comes down to the road. 
they get out of their car, they get burned, they suffer some some injuries due to heat and it's been since chalked up as radiation. And then the ship ends up sort of righting itself and takes off. And the claim is they saw about 35 Chinook helicopters chasing it. Okay. Michael Schratt does a good job at showing that in the 1950s, there were some projects of nuclear craft that were being designed. And his, um, his argument is the possibility that what they ran into was a black budget project of nuclear craft that was having trouble. Um, he's got a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, Michael we Schratt. talked about that with Stan, actually, because Stan was one of the people that mm-hmm. was researching nuclear crafts. So yes, yeah. So Stan, Stan would probably um, he'd probably have an idea about that. But um, so so there's guys like Michael Schratt who um, they're not necessarily ET. They don't they don't deny the possibility ET was there. But they've got some really good um, at least opinions on the fact that some of this stuff might be black budget projects. Hmm. Can't see so, why it wouldn't be. Yeah, I'm not on his payroll. I'm way above my that we know. <laughs> Uh, he's, uh, he just, these are some of my influences today and, and, you know, so. Well, Eric, um, as I usually say, we've had you on here for over an hour now and we got to wrap things up here pretty quick because Lobo's family is going to be coming in soon and all that. Um, this has been a lot of fun talking to you. I'm glad we finally managed to get you on here. Yeah, I finally got, I finally got Skype. I finally upgraded to a Linux operating system that had it natively. So I, there was no, yeah, I'm not a windows guy. I haven't been for about 10 years, so. Tell people where they can find you. Where they? Because our page. I think my patreons have already gotten a copy of your book. The the patreons that are out there at wanted one. Yeah. They got me one. So if anybody else wants to find your book or read your stuff, where, where do people go to find you on the internet, with your impossibly long sentence of a last name? <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, the the best place to see everything from my fiction writing to my novels and where to get them, um, a little bit about me. I have a recommended section, which actually has your podcast in it. Whoa. Among, yeah, among other things. Um, it's it's my website. Punishment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's my website, Eric Wojo, one word, E-R-I-C-W-O-J-O dot WordPress dot com. EricWojo.wordpress.com. All my contact information is there, the about page, a little blog, which I don't keep up much. I've been actually doing this book tour thing, so most of the stuff you're going to see on the blog um, or the homepage, I should say, has to be where I'm going to be and my appearances coming up and so forth. So I'm going to be adding this podcast uh, shortly when it becomes available. Are you eventually ever going to get off your ass and do your own podcast? Yeah. Yeah. No? No? Yeah? No? I'm more of a writer. Um, Okay. (laughs) I give up. Why would you? Wow. Uh, well, okay. We've I, had I this just, conversation. I, I, I uh, okay. I am encouraged. Uh, thank you. I feel great. Somebody thinks I could do. We this. We had this conversation uh, when me and you yeah. were going to the estate sales and acting like we were a gay married couple. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. 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 That was that was last year at this time. That was exactly. yeah, it was. Yeah, we actually did do that. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I think that was the first time we actually hung out with one another too. That's how quickly we bonded. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the first time was uh, was a private party, Fourth of July, I believe, summer of 2016, when you just happened to be a guest at Dorian's right. house, like me. That's correct. And Dorian introduced us and and said he does this paranormal podcast, and you jumped in. You were like, hang on. Hang on, I'm more of a skeptic, paranormal. I treat both sides equally. I try to find the truth. I'm not one or the other. I was like, okay, I'm cool. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. Um, yeah, have a great night, guys. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Let's do this again sometime, man. Cheers. Thanks, Eric. Peace.
Just like the Bible says, it's basically an intergalactic invasion into this space through people. I, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said, it's what they warned of, it's what we're dealing with. They're demons. They're freaking interdimensional invaders, okay? Good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon or whatever. My name is Adam. And I'm Matt. And we are Graveyard Tales. Now, if you like stories of ghosts, hauntings, the paranormal, preternatural, and the downright weird, and you enjoy a few laughs as well, then you should probably check us out. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Come join our Facebook group at Graveyard Tales Podcast or on Twitter at G-R-V-E-Y. Just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Mr. Jason Kupsik. What is up, sir? Just another week having a great day. Hey, everyone. I'm a new co-host on the Ectoplasm Show. I have taken over this fucker. Be sure to listen every week to Josh and Jason and now me, Hottie McHotbox. You won't want to miss this. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. And that was Eric Ojehowski. That was fun. It was. He's a fun guy, and I don't mean that like he's a mushroom or a fungus. Um, oh my god! The doom. I once again sat and listened again. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you were you I interacted when oh. I thought you would interact when we were going through the whole debacle about what happened at the at the thing, which was fine. But if you were quiet for a while, and I'm like, are you still here? Did we lose you or whatever? But then again, the stuff we were talking about wasn't entirely your cup of tea, anyways. It is sort of. I just and I, I think me and you kind of feel the same about it. So yeah, probably. I mean, close at least. Because like when the Delange stuff all came out, I know me and you were like, "There's nothing here." You know what? What yeah. is? Okay, now everybody's concerned with this stuff. You know, yeah, right? you know, it's like that information that dropped about Facebook this week, where it was well, like, "Oh, your Facebook data is being mined, and here's proof." And I'm like. You, you, nobody knew this was happening? You didn't read the contract at all, <laughs> did you? No, you, you're surprised by this? <laughs> None of them, it's what boggles my mind. Are it, you new here? Exactly, it's, you know? Oh, it's like those people that, you know, they, they use, they use Facebook, they use Instagram, they use Twitter, they use, a, they don't read the contract, and then they wonder why they're getting, these are things you may like. Why don't you buy this? See, I've got all that blocked. I've got an app on mine. Um, I use Facebook Purity because I use Facebook through Chrome, and it blocks Facebook. all that. It's not just oh, Facebook. Oh, it's everything, yeah. So, but I then mean, again, 
you know, it's like what we talked about this when I was on um, Where the Road Go To. It's like I'm a big fan of, of throwing, you know, a little bit of a a little bit of muck into the matrix. You know, it's like it's it's like I want to get everybody together and say, all right, everybody search fish sticks right now. And it's like, you know, I want the people that analyze this data to go, wow, everybody's all of a sudden interested in fish sticks. We need to get a hold of the Gorton fishermen and have them run fish stick ads on the side of Facebook. <laughs> and then, okay, now everybody search boiled ham, you know, and then, okay, well, now they're interested in boiled ham, you know, and just, you know, and kind of muck the system up in reverse, you know. Because what people don't realize is, yes, they're farming you for data. They're farming ways to get to build a profile on you. That's when you have fun and screw up the profile. Like our yeah. search history, this is why I'm well, thinking about yeah. getting a, a VPN, a virtual private network. If somebody were to go through yours and mine search history, we would look like we're psychotic, child molester, whatever, you know, because. Mm, I don't know what you're searching. Well, no, because <laughs> this this is stuff that we record on the shows, you know, sure. like the last episode, the Patreon episode that I'm still editing. Sorry, Patreon peeps. The Patreon episode that I just did with Lisa about the weird way that pe people lost their penises and stuff. If somebody mm. were to search or, or the shows we have about people freaking out, any of the stuff that goes on our Facebook page. If somebody were to go through and see all of that and build a profile based off of the stuff that we talk about and cover on this show without realizing that some of the stuff that we do, we do it in jest as a joke to be funny. If you don't sure. see that part of it and you're only seeing the search history that pops up, you know, it's people are going to be like, what's going on here? You know, this is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. You know, like because we've done shows about cannibalism. We've done, you know, all kinds of weird, bizarre shows, books on human skin. And it's mm -hmm. not because we're we're serial killers or whatever we just well, cover weird yourself, topics son. yeah well you, you know you've had your you've you've cut back in your time so i have you know everybody's got their hobbies they gotta take breaks from which yep. is why we haven't recorded a real show in the last couple of weeks because you've been <laughs> off being a dad uh, yeah. <laughs> but Hooray, we did state that that was coming I wasn't even sure if we were going to record a show tonight together. So No, we weren't supposed to. So. <laughs> no. And then uh, hopefully next week, right before Easter, we're recording one. And I don't know what we've got planned after that. I so, have no idea. Yeah, it's, we're kind of winning. We have it. more competitions coming up. That's what we have planned. Yeah, exactly. Um, <sighs> so we're, you know, until, until spring is completely over with, the show is going to be kind of wonky and weird because you're busy and I've got some stuff coming up as well. So the show is just going to be fluctuating a little bit. We're going to be running a little bit more best ofs. And this I promise. Usual, this is usual, though, for every year. Yeah, every so. year we go through this. And um, again, I, I promise no more Ivan Stang, no more Get Religion stuff. I'm all done with it. I've ran <laughs> all of the Church's Subgenius stuff I'm going to run has been run. There is no more. So if you're Wait, a Subgenius. I, I thought we were supposed to. Well, I had to wait a little while. I thought there was one more guy. Yeah, Philo Drummond. The yeah, other, the other guy, not, but not doing that or well, how how many how many shows about the subgenius do you want to do? Are, are people bobbed them. out enough? No, I mean, yeah, but now we get to hear from Drummond. Yeah, but and then we can call it good. Maybe we'll wait a little bit on him. I want to wait a bit. I would like to, but with us just dropping basically close to one after another two interviews with Ivan Stang, the original one, mm. which I did primarily because of the whole church of Batman and the dudism thing. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Um, anyways, so that's pretty much it. Um, we won't have a show up. We might have a show out before Easter, but if not happy festive, um, what is it? Fertility festival or whatever. That's estrus. What, estrus. That's what it is. Um, you know, don't kill any bunnies, find eggs, which actually Easter is on April fools this year. Uh, fitting. So, <laughs> what did they loud. used to uh 
what is Seder from uh, Transmission? Seder and um, Pastor Rico refer to it. Happy Zombie Jesus Day. He wasn't a zombie, though. He's technically a lich. Or is it a ghoul? No, he's not a ghoul. He doesn't eat human flesh. He'd be a lich. Well, no. He had his followers eat They were ghouls. Flesh. Yeah, they would be ghouls. Let's break this down and overanalyze it. Oh, let's not. Yeah, he would be a lich. You're right. He <laughs> would be a, a lich. lich. Yeah. Happy Jesus Lich Day. Woohoo! <laughs> Anyways, uh, talk to you guys again soon. Peace, folks. This is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Uh, Aaron down in Florida. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, I'm going to start posting more Connecticut stuff on the webpage. Uh, I believe I see it. Facebook page. I have been. I've been posting Connecticut stuff. Have I you? did the haunted thing and the indoor tag sales and the. Dude, you just don't pay attention. It's like I don't know who you are anymore. Dude, we post <laughs> so much. We post so much stuff. Yeah, dude, it's an anymore flood. that it's now like I feel bad because somebody will post something. And then other people will post the same thing. And I used to be like, oh, this has already been posted. I don't do that anymore because people just can't keep track of how much stuff goes up on our social media. So much stuff. Between Twitter and because I post different stuff on the Twitter. I checked out of Twitter. No. mm -mm. That's fine. I haven't been on Twitter in forever. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Anyways, we're babbling. Peace, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. I don't know.
It's okay. I can edit. Recall. Yeah. Uh, the fourth kind. CB. CBGBs. Yeah, right. Or CBD oil, or is it? No, it's OBGYN. No. What? No. BBQ. No. Um. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? 